0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to In the Huddle, the exclusive weekly talk show dedicated to NCAA Division III football's Liberty League Conference. Tonight, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Rossi, will recap last week's Liberty League action and interview the newsmakers around the league. They will also preview next week's action and take your calls and online questions. So sit back and put your game face on because you're In the Huddle. Now, live from Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Wren, and Frank Rossi.
2: All right. Back in action. Another week of In the Huddle. Welcome. Thanks for joining us, folks, across the country and in our backyard here. This is Studio One, Saratoga Springs. I'm Eric Wren, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Frank Rossi. Frank, are you in lovely Coral Gables this evening?
1: Uh, Lovely as ever. Thank you, Eric. And uh, how's Saratoga Springs doing?
2: Well, fantastic weekend of weather. Very fall, very fall-esque. Leaves are changing up here, Frank. You're a native of this neck of the woods, so I think you kind of can appreciate the weather and patterns. Leaves are changing. Great day for football all around today in the NFL, but great day on Saturday as well. We've had some fantastic stretch of fall over here. How about from your end? Are you getting pounded by the rain?
1: You know, actually not this week. It was very, uh, I'd say, warm, humid, nice. But, uh, you know, th- people aren't here to talk about or listen to uh, the weather in Coral Gables and Saratoga, I guess. Uh, <laughs> That's, you know.
2: You're right. People are here because they're in the huddle. Although, Frank, we do have to get one pleasantry out of the way. You've started a little okay. bit of a pattern here, so I think I, we owe it to our listeners. Go ahead, Frank. Tell us about your fantasy team this week.
1: Uh, let me just say that I didn't think I had such a good week until I saw my opponent score, and he's having a worse week. So uh, attrition will pay off sometimes.
2: <laughs> yes, it will. Like I told you, I don't do fantasy anymore. My fantasy team has nothing to do with football. <laughs> you know okay. Right. And uh, <laughs> but my Buffalo Bills did win today, so I'm very happy.
1: So hey, hey, Eric. Yes, uh, sir. One thing I want to point out tonight. Uh, you know, we're about to do I think around the league, and there's going to be one common theme. I didn't necessarily point out in the uh, around the league, uh, thing. it's not just the scores of 35 to 14 in two of the games, but it's turnovers. And turnovers just led to points upon points this weekend. You'll catch that if you listen closely to around the league. And it was kind of a messy week in that respect, and teams were opportunistic all across the league.
2: Well, pretty interesting. Actually, just kind of an interesting week when you look at the pattern of scores. It was a light, league, light, light week in Liberty League, action. only three games. Uh, Union, and we're going to go through this in a round-the-league segment, but you know, we will just tell you real quick, Union uh, beat St. Lawrence, RPI beat Susquehanna, and Rochester beat Merchant Marine. I don't think there was any really big upsets this past weekend. Things kind of shook out as we thought they would. Uh, but interesting uh, interesting scoring pattern here. It looks like everyone was kind of trying to stick to the same theme. Union over St. Lawrence, 35-14, RPI over Susquehanna, 35-14, and Rochester
1: over Merchant Marine, 30-14. I
2: don't know, Frank, that's kind of kind of funny scoring pattern, isn't it?
1: Well, we'll uh, see how they all got there, and then we can try to figure out if there's, uh, you know, some uh, issues going on throughout the league or not.
2: Well, folks, as always, we're going to take you around the league. So sit back, and tonight's guests, we have a kind of a light slate this evening. Uh, our game breaker of the week—it's hard not to uh, advertise this performance. Aaron Savasi from RPI is going to join us. Uh, he had a big week this week against Susquehanna and RPI's homecoming, and then we're going to talk to Coach Mike Toop from Merchant Marine Academy. However, before we talk to Aaron Savasio, we're going to have Adam Samroff, who does the a uh, Around the Region cof, uh, column for D3Football.com, and he was at the RPI-Susquehanna game this weekend. So Adam's going to lend in with his perspective, and hopefully we can get him to stick around for our interview with Aaron. So that being said, folks, you're listening to the only Liberty League talk show. Exclusive content on BlogTalkRadio.com. We're gonna open up the phones a little bit later, but right now, let's take you around the league for the week ending
1: 10:19. Could the Merchant Marine Mariners turn things? Back... Could the Merchant Marine Mariners turn things back around on the road against the Rochester Yellow Jackets Saturday? Things look good for the Mariners after Marcus Broder collected a Rochester fumble at the Yellow Jackets 39, but disaster would strike just four plays later. Here's Ray Martell of the Mariners Football Radio Network with the call courtesy of Seth Canner. Watson
3: solo in the backfield, gets the handoff, met in the backfield, and brought down, gang tackled. Again, another tackle, the ball loose, and picks up. Going the other way for Rochester, 35-30, 20-10-5,
4: 30, touchdown Chris
0: Pesoda. Makes it all the way.
1: The first quarter would end with a 7-0 score, The Rochester would add on to it following a touchback with freshman Brazen Zubek capping an 80-yard drive with a 25-yard touchdown pass to Mike Coolball for a 14-0 lead. On the next play from scrimmage, disaster struck the Mariners again with Derek Ventures' pass getting intercepted by Matt Francis, leading to Zachary White-Stiletto 35-yard field goal and a 17-0 lead. The Mariners have strike last in the half, though, scoring with just 17 seconds left in the second quarter on a tremendous defensive play. Third down and four, back to pass. Subic fires near sideline, picked off! Jameson 50, 40, he's off to the races, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown,
3: make it Carl Heimbrock with a, touch, with a catch, interception, and bring it all the way.
1: The 61-yard interception return for a touchdown made the halftime score 17-7 in favor of Rochester. Rochester would not be denied the victory, even with the momentum shift. Midway through the third quarter, the Yellow Jackets took the ball at their own 9-yard line and marched 91 yards for a touchdown, capped by a Clarence Aniruka 4-yard run for a 24-7 lead. The Mariners tried to claw their way back in the fourth quarter after another interception, this time by Marcus Broder. Three plays later, J.J. Watson ran the ball in from 4 yards out to trim the deficit back to 10 points. Rochester took advantage of their own interception, though the second of the day by Matt Francis, which gave his team the ball at the Mariners' two-yard line. One play later, the deal was sealed. Subic under center, hands off. Anyaruka pushes in. He's through. Touchdown, Rochester. The final score was 30 to 14. The Yellow Jackets, who moved to 2-4 overall and 2-2 two and two in the Liberty League, were led offensively by Aniruku's 134 yards and two touchdowns on the ground and Zubik's 238 yards passing. Their Mariners, who moved to 2-5 overall and 1-3 and in the league, were defensively led by Calder a 14.5 tackles. With the Union College Dutchmen facing a letdown scenario in Schenectady, in New York, Saturday after their big win against Hobart last week? Winless St. Saint Lawrence Saints thought so and stunned the Dutchman in their homecoming crowd of over 3,000 Dutchman fans in the first quarter. The Saints got on the scoreboard early after Nate Howard landed on a Josh McCulligan fumble leading to a three-yard Connor Hackett touchdown. Seven minutes into the game, Dutchman offense was cold in the first quarter allowing the Saints another chance with the ball, a chance they would capitalize on as quarterback J.P. Kearney found Hackett for an eight-yard touchdown reception and a quick 14-0 score after one quarter of play. Junior woke up on both sides of the ball after the first quarter with freshman quarterback Andrew Connolly showing his youthful leadership from his own 46-yard line. Connolly fakes the handoff, drops back, and lets it go down
2: the field. He's got Gallo open, hits him in stride, and Gallo makes the catch
0: and
4: the touchdown. A great throw by Andrew Connolly to Gallo.
1: Thanks to the Dutchman Radio Network Zach Analetti and Alex Audino for that clip. St. Lawrence threatened to score again, but Union defensive back Kevin Rottenstrock found an Eric Jones fumble at Union's five-yard line on the 14th play of the drive to stop the Saints' progress. In the next Saints' possession, Cameron Johnson intercepted Kearney's pass at the Saints' 38-yard line, allowing Chris Coney to get started. Coney's five-yard touchdown tied the game at 14 apiece. In the third quarter, Union forced another fumble in St. Lawrence's first drive of the half, this time with Don Labasso falling on it at midfield. Coney would score from 13 yards out to give the Dutchman their first lead at 21-14. The third quarter seemed like a nightmare for the Saints as Coney wasn't done. Our second to go on the 15-yard line. It's a quick handoff to Coney up the middle. And he breaks a bunch of tackles, cuts it right, and he's into the end zone. Great run by Chris Coney. Coney, Coney can play football. Chris can play football. He's a football player, isn't he? And Connolly delivered the knockout blow with five minutes left in the third quarter.
2: So, first and 10 for the Dutchmen on their own 29 yard line.
1: Connolly fakes the handoff
2: and lets it go way down
1: the field. He's got Boland open. Boland and his man B, and he's going to go in for the touchdown.
5: What a play by Andrew Connolly! Avoids the rush and is able to find Chris Boland.
1: The Dutchmen scored 35 unanswered points to win 35 14 and move to 3 3 overall and 2 2 in the Liberty League. Connelly finished with 218 yards on nine completions with two touchdowns and no interceptions. Defensively, Eric Baxter, John Peters, and Rottenstruck all led with nine tackles, but Cameron Johnson had two interceptions on the day. The Saints called a 0-6 and 0-3 in the league despite Kearney's 222 yards passing. It was also homecoming weekend in Troy, New York, where 3,000 RPI fans came out to watch their engineers host the upstart Susquehanna Crusaders. The game quickly turned into the Jimmy Robertson and Aaron Savassi show for the Engineers, with their first touchdown connection coming from RPI's own 39-yard line. Third down and 12. Robertson out of the shotgun. Looks to throw. Costa comes out of the backfield. Robertson looking far sideline for Savassi. catches it. Savassi to the 20. It's a foot race to the 10. Savasi's in for the touchdown. Thanks to Kurt Stutt from 91.5 FM WRPI Troy for that clip. On the ensuing kickoff, Susquehanna's Keith Powell fumbled the ball right back to RPI's Jason Neville, giving Robertson and Savassi a chance to reprieve their act from the Crusaders' five. Robertson's waiting. Play clock's down to ten. Robertson under center here. Robertson looks to throw. Far side. Savassi's got it, and he's forced in the end zone. Touchdown, Savassi! Susquehanna would try to keep it close, scoring on the first play of the second quarter on a 4th and one play from RPI's 12-yard line with a Dave Pavelitz rushing touchdown. The seven-point deficit would not last for long, though, as RPI's Nick Costa capped a 59-yard drive with a five-yard touchdown carry, making the score 21-7. The engineers were not done, though, as they continued to find ways to score inside the last minute of the first half. This time, they used a methodical 12-play, 93-yard drive that ended with another Costa touchdown, this time for one yard with 22 seconds left in the half to make the halftime score 28-7 in favor of RPI. Neither team could gain a foothold in the third quarter, although RPI chose to go for it on a fourth and 16 from the Crusaders' 19, and came up just two yards short of the first down. However, another Susquehanna turnover in the fourth quarter gave RPI all the insurance they would need, with Bobby Munir running into the end zone from seven yards out for RPI's fifth touchdown. Susquehanna's special teams would add a touchdown off of a blocked RPI punt late, but it was not enough, as RPI won the game 35 to 14. RPI, led by Robertson's 354 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions, Savasci's eight catches for 161 yards and two touchdowns, and receiver Patrick McCarthy's eight catches for 140 yards, moves to 5-0 and 3-0 in the league. That's fell to 3-4 and 2-2 and two and two respectively.
2: All right, so there you have it. The week of ending October 19th around the league, three Liberty League games. Nice job there by our own Frank Rossi, putting there the around the around the league, and I do like your music choice there this week, Frank. It was very motivating and inspiring, if I may compliment you.
1: <laughs> Just for you. Just for you, Eric.
2: Thank you very much. And I'd like to remind you, folks, you are listening to In the Huddle on blogtalkradio.com. We've got our first guest coming up, Adam Samarov, the columnist for d3football.com, doing the Around the League column, and then we've got Aaron Savasi from RPI and Coach Mike Toop. Before we get to... To uh, Adam, we're just going to take a break and say a few words from our sponsors. We'd like to thank those who support In the Huddle, especially Pat Coleman and D3Football.com, as well as the NCAA who brings it all together for us and provides us the student-athletes we so fondly talk about. So why don't we take a break here real quick, and we'll come back to In the Huddle.
4: All season long, let D3Football.com be your home for all the Division III football action on the road to the Stag Bowl. From interactive blogs and message boards to columns from around the region and around the nation on your favorite teams, nobody covers NCAA Division III better than D3Football.com. As the playoffs approach, get the scoop on who's in and who's out from the experts who picked all 32 teams last year. Don't go anywhere else. Get the info from the source for Division III football at www.d3football.com.
5: So, EJ, we've designed you a signature shoe worthy of a three-time All-American with mad smarts and sick leadership skills. Ta-da! There are over 380,000
1: NCAA student-athletes.
6: Yeah, you got your GPA in Boston, right?
2: I
1: love it. Ah. And just about all of them will be going pro in something other than sports. Can I get it in a loafer for casual Fridays? Yes. Yes.
2: You are listening to In the Huddle on blogtalkradio.com, the only source for weekly Liberty League action and NCAA Division III football's Liberty League conference. So once again, back to Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Rossi. Oh, always getting fired up for the, for the Rocky music, the you, Frank?
1: <laughs> We got Rocky music, NFL films, music, music. Oh man,
2: we we bring you high quality programming, folks. We are going to keep you on schedule tonight. Kind of a light league. We just heard went around the league. I'm Eric Rand, joined live by Frank Rossi on in the huddle on BlogTalkRadio.com. We're going to open up the phone first to our first guest, uh, Adam Samarov. I'll let you tell. I'll let Adam tell us about his gig. He's a, he's a beat writer for the Saratoga newspaper as well as does the not anymore. Not anymore? Okay. Well then, he'll 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 update us on that. So. Uh, Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Adam Samroff to the show. Adam, are you with us? Uh,
5: not, yes, I am.
2: You are. You don't sound I so am, excited I'm good. about it, Adam. Is it because you're not with the Saratogian, or is it because you just we're dragging you away from the TV on a Sunday night?
5: <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely uh, I'm working tonight, but not at the Saratogian. I'm, I'm in uh, Bennington, Vermont, at the Bennington Banner right now.
2: Oh, Okay, great. Well, I apologize for getting that little tidbit wrong, Adam, last I checked no in problem. doing the newspaper thing. However, you are still covering... The Liberty League for D3Football.com, our friend Mr. Pat Coleman. So uh, you've been a man who's seen a little bit of Liberty League football in your time. Light, light slate this weekend, but um, I think you were at the RPI-Susquehanna game. Right. So uh, why don't you give uh, our listening audience a little bit of an overview. It was RPI's homecoming, um, I don't think a lot of folks, big surprised by the score. Some folks thought Susquehanna might uh, turn up the wick a little bit after a couple big wins in the last couple weeks, but it sounds like RPI came out Adam, and took care of business.
5: Uh, yeah, they did. They uh, they they came out very quickly. Um, went up two scores real fast. Um, one uh, long pass to Aaron Savasi, and then the other one after a fumble. Um, just a 15 yard drive after that. Um, but yeah, they came out fast. Um, they were able to stop uh, Susquehanna's main game plan, which is Dave Pavlitz. they their big time, you know, big fireplug, plug as Kirk, uh, as bob Conley put it on w r p i uh, of a running back um they were able to stop him and and they were you know well on their way after that, after that. so you so uh, you
2: saw that i'm sorry frank uh just a real quick question for me you, you saw that high powered uh much much vaunted r p i offensive attack we're gonna have uh aaron, aaron Savasi coming up as our game breaker this week but um uh, for those folks who haven't seen r p i play Adam, you know, week in and week out, you hear a lot about some of these guys on offense, Jimmy Robertson, Aaron Savasi. You know, from your perspective, coming in, seeing them for the first time this year, you know, is that truly a well-balanced team? Is it the real deal? You know, or was there some, you know, things given to them by Susquehanna? Take us through kind of the the, the, the tone of the game, if I may say so.
5: Um, Well, I mean, they definitely have some good balance. I mean, Nick Costa... Uh, ran for a couple touchdowns. Uh, Bob Munier came in after Costa got injured. Uh, heard, his, I think he heard, he may have heard his name from, just from what I saw, but I'm not a doctor, obviously. Um, uh, uh, they, I mean, they have good, pad, you know, uh, Jimmy threw for you know pretty good amount of yards. I think like 340, 350, somewhere on there. But I mean, they had a good balance on offense, both sides of the ball. I mean, they and they were able to drive the ball down the field. Uh was having a little bit of trouble on defense. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely think they're you know they're pretty balanced. Hey, Adam. Uh, Frank Rossi uh, from down in Florida. How you doing? How you doing, Frank? Warmer, warmer uh, down there. I bet than it is here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not by much. I, I hear from uh, Mr. Eric Wren, and uh, it sounds like uh, weather wasn't playing any roles in the games uh, throughout the league, and we saw some interesting scores. I wanted to kind of take you more on a uh, macro view of the Liberty League and the East region. We're going to talk about our playoff possibilities uh, after our guests tonight, after Coach Toope, uh later on in the huddle. But, uh, we want to get your perspective on things a little bit. Uh, you look at the East in its entirety, and for those that don't know, they're listening, uh, the East is comprised of five regions and one or two independent teams, the regions being the uh, NEFC, the Liberty League, Empire 8, the MAC, and uh, I'm forgetting one, I'm sure. The,
2: uh,
5: the New Jersey, New Jersey Conference. Conference.
1: Yep. And Jack. The, the NJAC. The NJAC, yes. Yeah, so that grew by leaps and bounds, Nine teams this year, uh, although a little bottom-heavy with those extra teams. Now, having said all that, uh, what do you think about the Liberty League as compared to the rest of the regions this year? I mean, if you had to rank the regions from one to five, one being the best, five being the least, uh, how would you go about it this year so far since we're a little more than halfway
5: through the year? Um, Well, I I think if you're you're talking parity-wise, you know, compared – um, I think you'd have to go with the, with the Middle Atlantic Conference first. Um, yeah, they've got five teams at two and one in the conference. Uh, after uh, Albright lost and Delaware Valley uh, lost uh, as well, so you've got Albright, DelVal, uh, Lebanon Valley, Lycoming, and Wilkes, all at two and one in the league. Um, so that, I think that would definitely be the, the strongest conference if you're talking parity. Um, but if you're talking, you know, uh, just overall, Cortland is six and zero. Overall, and 6-0 oh in the conference because they played they play all the all the conference games first. Uh, RPI is 5-0, and, oh and they're 3-0 oh in the Liberty League. Uh, Empire Eight is always as always a tough fight. Alfred's 3-1, uh, Ithaca is up there. Uh, Hartwick is still 2-1. Fisher is still 2-1. Uh, Utica was uh, just lost yesterday to Alfred, uh, but they're all in pretty good tight tight to battle right there. So I, I think probably the MAC and then Liberty League and Empire Eight. Uh, You know, and the the New Jersey Conference, all pretty close after that. So, uh, you know,
1: right now we're starting to look at what's called the pool C-bids for teams that don't qualify automatically in their conference for the uh, playoffs. Uh, You know, right now RPI, for instance, and Cortland seem to be heads and shoulders above uh, the rest of the leagues, although that could change. Uh, But for the second-place and third-place teams in their respective conferences, uh, you know, the question becomes, Who do you really think right now stands out as the favorite or maybe two favorites to get a pool C bid? Is it easy
5: for you to try to make that determination
1: right now, or what kind of trends are you seeing?
5: Um, well, there's definitely some trends. Uh, usually, when it comes to that on the on the D3 uh, post patterns board, I usually leave that to Frank because he knows what he's doing uh, when it <laughs> hey, comes man. to the. To, to the Quattro uh, hey, the well, softball, there, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying here, <laughs> you know. I want
1: I, I want to see his point of view because you can't shut me up when I start in the playoffs. So I'm trying to you know defer a little bit.
5: Um, but uh, yeah, but, I mean, there's definitely some trends that um, from all the different leagues. In um, the New Jersey Conference, you got Rowan, Montclair State. Even Kane is is, is up there. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, the, the Montclair's four and one in conference. Rowan four and one conference. They've both played Cortland and lost to Cortland, uh, but they also have to play the, each other. Uh, so that'll that'll leave one with two. Um, but they definitely have a, definitely have a chance. The winner of that game between Montclair State and Rowan will have a chance to get a pool C depending on how they uh, how that plays out in um, the Liberty League. Uh, Hobart has a chance at it as well. Um, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, Huston College, one of the independents out of Bangor, Maine, also has a chance at it as well. I, I believe they're 5 and 0 in region. Uh, they played a couple of games out of region already, that they don't really count as much for um, for Pulsey and, and the playoff contention. Um, okay, for, I'm the pulling NCAA, you, for the I'm, NBA I'm, I'm I, I'm pulling
1: you out of the listing uh, now uh, because, uh, you know, it, I, I think what you're kind of saying to us right now is it's too, too, too close to call, but there yeah. is a pretty healthy list of uh, Pool C uh, teams. Now, I want to kind of give you, it's not Delivery League, but I, I guess this is called uh, Equal Time, and uh, you've been pretty psyched about your uh, Utica Pioneers, a team that actually <laughs> uh, the RPI uh, engineers played earlier in the season and beat, I hate to remind you, but... Uh, I've been a little excited about them, so go ahead and give your shout-outs to Utica because I, I know the, I've read your columns. You're, you're, you're a homer like that, and that's a good thing. Uh, we we uh, try to be, try not to be sometimes,
5: too, here. Sure. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I be as fair as possible with, the, with it. Um, Blaze uh, Fagiano, the coach, has done a good job, um, despite the fact that the record isn't very good. Um, they, they took it to Montana to play a complete game. Um, and at RPI, they were only down ten in nine the, in the fourth quarter. or They're up, to are up ten nine in the fourth quarter. So it was definitely even a close game with RPI. So um, okay, they, there, they, there's uh, there's our eight really
1: equal time right there. There's our equal time. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, <laughs> Eric, exactly. exactly. I'm for that one. In this presidential season, you got to give it equal time, right? Exactly. Well, I, like, like, I mean,
2: speaking, of, I I hate to do this to you, Adam. We're actually running a little bit behind. Aaron Savassi on the mm-hmm. phone. You, you know, we're halfway through the season, a little bit over halfway. As these playoff ramifications shape up, we're definitely going to need to pull you back in because right now, it's a little early. I mean, things look a little bit like they're shaping up in the Liberty League. RPI's got a two-game lead on the next closest team, WPI. However, there's a lot of football left to be played. We're actually going to talk about this coming up with Coach Toop because Merchant Marines still has the opportunity to play. Spoiler, they've got Hobart Union and RPI still left to go. A lot of football left to be played. RPI still got to play Hobart Union. You know, there's some other teams in there that got to play each other. So I think the playoff outlook, nothing's settled yet. Any team in this Liberty League conference will tell you there's a lot of football left to be played. I think it's it's a little bit of a murky landscape still. RPI is clearly in the driver's seat, but I'll tell you, Adam Samroff is our Liberty League around the league expert from D3Football.com, and we're gonna we're gonna have you and tap your uh, expertise in the conference very very much so in the re- ensuing weeks here, Adam. But do We're actually got to keep this thing on schedule. And move to that's
5: fine. That's fine. Can I make tomorrow. one? Can I make one prediction? Can I make one prediction that you can keep on your uh, your tape for for the pool C and, and the possible playoff bids? Uh, Absolutely. WPI, WPI will will be a pool C team.
2: Well, Going you out know, the I, I, I've been saying all along this year. You know, after some of these games, watch out for WPI. You know, they if they can take care of business the rest of the way the rest of the season, and end up with one loss, that's a pretty strong statement and, and could position themselves pretty well. So, Absolutely. So that's a good point you make, and I think, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll circle back on that one. However, we've got Aaron Savasi coming up. Um, we're going to take a real – actually, no, you know what? we got time to roll right through to Aaron. I don't need to take a break here. So uh, let me just get to the phones here and make sure we have Aaron on the phone. Aaron, are you with us? Yes, I am. Fantastic, Aaron. Thanks for joining us in the huddle. This is Eric Ren and Frank Rossi. We're on blogtalkradio.com. Aaron Savassi is our game breaker this week, the senior wide receiver from RPI, who had eight catches for 161 yards, two touchdowns, including a uh, 61 yard bomb there, a long, long play, I should say. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, Aaron, thanks for joining us and how, how you feel you today? A lot me. of stars from that game. You know, we picked you out. You had a great performance, and uh, you know, we're happy to have you here with us
6: no thank you for having me
2: so Aaron three-year starter at RPI um you know you've you you're a captain this year you're part of that offensive juggernaut you've played all four years you had you know playing time as a freshman you've been around this offense a long time you're getting pretty comfortable with that quarterback I mean what what is the uh what's the trend there in Troy are you feeling like right now you guys are on a roll and you're You know, you're you're firing all cylinders. It seems so far this season, you know, the offense has been working pretty well. Defense has been working pretty well. You haven't had as much adversity, I would say, if you go back a year ago, you know, that that overtime win against WPI, a close one against Hobart. Like this year, things are kind of clicking a little bit better for you.
6: Yeah, I mean, um, as you said, uh, I've been around the offense, uh, you know, quite a while. Uh, Jimmy has too. Jimmy has grown into, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a great uh, honor to play, you know, beside him as well as everybody else on the team. I think this year the offense is doing very well. Uh, we know we have great confidence in each other, starting, from, you know, from the O-line, the quarterback, running back to the receivers. You know, everyone believes in each other. Everybody does their 111, And, you know, we go out every single play knowing, you know, worry about what we have to do, knowing that everybody else is going to do what they have to do to get the job done. And it's been working pretty well so far. I mean, like you said, we're off to a pretty good start. This is exactly where we want it to be. You know, our preseason goal was to go undefeated. And uh, so far, we're, you know, on the track. So, hopefully, things keep going our way. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully. Aaron,
1: uh, this is Frank Rossi. And I just want to remind our listeners that uh, you are listening to In the Huddle on Live Talk Radio. And Frank Rossi, Eric Wren, my co-host. And uh, remember, folks, that if you have questions... For Aaron, come on to our chat room at uh, blogtalkradio.com, and uh, we will uh, ask the questions if we have time. Later on, we'll take phone calls after the guests are completed. But, again, uh, Aaron Slavasi is in the huddle with us. And, Aaron, you brought up Jimmy Robertson. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the question, since we had him on at basically on our first show uh, this season. Uh, what makes him so good? You just said that he's probably the best quarterback you've been around. What distinguishes – a good quarterback from a great quarterback, and I'm
6: guessing that you put great uh, put Jimmy into a great column in this. Yeah, I would. Um, you know, Jimmy's a great leader on and off the field. Um, you know, he's a big reason why we're doing as well as we are. He makes sure everybody's. Uh, you know, he basically runs the offense. Um, he has. You know, he has faith in everyone. And uh, as a receiver, he just makes it so easy uh, for us. You know, we go out there. Um, he puts the ball exactly where it has to be. You know, he has faith that we're going to run our routes and come open when we are. And, I mean, you snap your head around, the ball's right there. You don't have to do much more. Um, he makes it real simple for us. Uh, you know, and I know he has a lot of faith in us and, uh, you know, his receivers, uh, myself, Pat, McCarthy, Mike Phil, Ray Davis. Um, you know, he, he knows that any one of us can be an option. He doesn't have any favorites. He, you know, if he reads, he reads the defense and gets the ball to the open receiver.
2: We're talking to Aaron Savasi, three-year starter for RPI, wide receiver, captain this year, big game against Susquehanna in RPI's homecoming, eight catches for 161 yards, two TDs, including a 61-yard touchdown grab. Aaron, you've been around this team now four years. Um, yeah. You went to the postseason last year. Um, this is kind of a two-part question I have for you. Uh, okay. you know, you're know, you in the driver's seat right now in the Liberty League. You're undefeated at 5-0. you got 3-0 in the conference. you got a two-game lead over the next team closest to you, WPI, who you already beat this year. You know, now that you've played this in this game for a few years at RPI and you've had a chance to to play, you know, a few full seasons with under your belt and feel a taste of postseason, <clears throat> how, kind of take us through how different is this? I think back in 2005, you guys, your freshman year, I believe it was, you were undefeated. You know, it all came down to the final game against Union. Whoever won that game was going to win the Liberty League and go to the NCAA. Now you have a chance again to go undefeated. Um, you, you, you're a senior now, you know, Jimmy. Your quarterback's a senior. Some other players have matured. What, what is the feeling this year as as a player on an undefeated
6: team so far with the postseason in your sights versus the experience as a freshman? Um, well, coming in as a freshman, you know, um, I came in, you know, uh, you know, started since my freshman year, and it's, you know, it was, a, I mean, it was, you know, overwhelming at first coming from the high school game. Um, you like know, obviously, college games are a lot more intense, a lot faster, and I uh, had to pick things up real quickly on the go. Uh, you know, Jim, it was a great uh, help to have Jimmy as a roommate freshman year. I know we helped each other a lot. You know, both of us got put into a starting role, and, uh, you know, we were overwhelmed, especially with our offense out, you know, being no-huddle spread, uh, very fast-paced. You know. It's a little confusing at first, especially for a freshman who's never uh, played in this kind of offense before. But, uh. You know, coming in, we had people such as you know Jay Bernardo, John Branch, some of the all-time greats here at RPI, and uh, playing beside them was was an honor. I mean, you know, seeing seeing them play, seeing them uh, do what they did on the field week in week out, um, it was a great honor and gave us a good feel uh, for you know the type of football that's played here, played here at RPI, and uh, it also gave us a great sense of the tradition here at RPI. You know, um, you know, obviously we have you know a few trophy games and there's a lot of tradition here at RPI, you know, out there on 86 field. So, um, you know, it, gave us, it, made, it made us feel like we were part of the team a little bit more. It was obviously real upsetting when we lost to Union my freshman year and, uh, you know, see them go to the NCAA playoffs, and then we got the ECAC bid. But uh, I think throughout the, you know, over the years, um, you know, Jimmy and myself, we've stepped more into that leadership role that, you know, John Branch and Jay Bernardo had. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, bringing the freshmen the younger kids along with us. And, uh, you know, we really feel like it's our time now, especially this being our last year. We definitely want to go out on top. Uh, we set some lofty goals for ourselves as our a team uh, in the preseason. And, uh, you know, so far everything has been according to plan. And uh, we definitely just, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, we don't want to slow down one bit. I feel like every game, the offense the defense, the all of us are getting better as each game goes by. So we definitely just want to stay on track and keep doing what we're doing and make sure that, uh, you know, we achieve those uh, preseason goals that we set for ourselves.
2: Well, the second part of my
6: question, you, you mentioned
2: preseason goals, and again, this is Aaron Savasi, senior wide receiver on the phone list and in, in the huddle on Block Talk Radio. Um, I had a chance to cover the game last year, the playoff game against College of New Jersey, as a broadcaster for D3Football.com, and that game went back and forth, and I think most of our fans know it didn't turn out in RPI's favor. You guys lost a close one at the end. Just yeah. tell our listeners... You know, two parts here. First, what was the feeling in the locker room after the game? Obviously, I know most of us would expect disappointment, but what was the feeling being a junior, knowing you have another year? And then transition that and explain to us what did you take from that or what was, you know, what was the message leaving that game in preparation for the next season? You know, obviously, you thought you had the talent to get past the first round, maybe have a chance to play at Mountain Union. It didn't work out. So take us through kind of how you guys dealt with that and then overcame it.
6: Yeah. um it was a heartbreaker you know losing the way we did last year um you know especially playing at home uh you know NCAA playoff game um you know we were really excited for that game um you know definitely a heartbreaker losing you know 12 seconds left since cause new jersey kicks a field goal to win it and you know you basically see your season come to an end right there especially at home It's you know it hurts it's really upsetting and then in the locker room you know knowing that you know that was the last time I was going to play with those seniors um some of those seniors were my best friends, my roommates last year. So, um, you know, it, it was it was definitely upsetting. But um I think we came I think we came out with um you know a lot from that game, knowing that you know, we knew that we can win the Liberty League, you know, that we can be there, that we belong there in the NCAA playoffs and you know, we got a little taste for it last year. Um, you know, everyone from the you know, last year we were juniors and sophomores and the freshmen, the younger guys. Uh everyone got a little taste of it and, you know, it just made us want it even more. So coming into this year, you know, we knew we could get there, that we were there. So that's been our goal, you know, to get back there and to do even better than we did last year. You know, we don't, we know we're not a first round, you know, exit type of team. We know that we belong in the NCAA playoffs and that we can go far in the playoffs. So all you know, all preseason, that's what we've been working for. That's what everyone, every day when they're in the weight room, when they're out there on the field running, you know, in the heat of summer, that's what we've been thinking about, and that's where we want to go. And so far, like I said, you know, we're on track and. Hopefully we'll get there again. We were talking with Aaron Savasi, senior receiver
1: for uh, RPI, uh, and uh, he had a great day yesterday, eight receptions, 161 yards, two touchdowns I think was uh, his stat line. Uh, Patrick McCarthy, we've got to give some uh, kudos to him. As uh, you heard around the league earlier, he had eight catches himself for 140 yards, but no touchdowns. Uh, Aaron, you've been consistent all season. Uh, one other thing that's been consistent all season is uh, the polls. Uh, in you know, in Division Three, we don't look at polls as much necessarily as Division One, but a couple of polls came out this week that don't seem to give you guys the respect that you might think you deserve. For instance, in the D3Football.com Top 25 as of last week, and I might actually get you an updated position slide uh, from this week's a, a pre-release special here in a few minutes. Uh, I've, I've got a little inside uh, work going on right now to try to get that <laughs> uh, and reveal it, but. We'll, we'll so find out what it is. Like, yeah, yeah, why not? You to don't tell anyone.
2: You, you, get, you get locked up if you tell anyone. It's <laughs> yeah.
1: So to stop. 200 listeners, don't worry about them, but they're all sworn to secrecy. But RPI last week was 29th, uh, basically, in the others receiving votes. And then also right. the Lambert poll for the East Region came out. And you guys, I believe, were the lowest undefeated team in that poll. Do these things matter to you guys personally? Do you find some motivation from them uh, potentially? And, I mean, I, when you look at things like this, what do you think? What comes to your mind?
6: Um, you know, I, me personally, um, it doesn't really affect me much. You know, um, we know that. It, you know, I know as long as we go undefeated, you know, we finish the season 9-0 and uh, Liberty League champs, that we're going to be there in the playoffs. Um, you know, where, where people have us, where people think we belong, um, doesn't matter to us, you know, we know where we belong and as long as we keep winning and do what we have to do, we know we'll be in the playoffs and that's all that matters to us. Um, you know, I could care less what, you know, people have to say, what they you know, they think, you know, we're rated this or, you know, rated here or there. Um, that's their opinion and people can have their opinions about us. Uh, you know, all that matters to us is what we you know, what we do ourselves and um uh, as Coach King, you know, teaches us throughout the years here, you know, nothing else matters except, you know, the game, you know, this week's game. You know, every the most important game of the season is this week's and that's how we take every season, you know, we take every season one week at a time. We don't concentrate on anything except the game in hand.
2: again qu- speaking of concentrating on the game, <clears throat> Aaron, you know, having been around the RPI <clears throat> excuse me, football family, um, way back when I'm old, not that old. <laughs> <Didn't> have- <laughs> They have a chance to play as a winning team, so I can appreciate the feeling there of, of what goes on on campus. Um, you know, so much emphasis way back when, before the playoff format, you know, was put on winning every game, was put on going undefeated on these big trophy games. Let me ask you, as you guys have gone through this season, started to, you know start off undefeated, last year you had a good year. You know, since you've been at RPI, I think you've enjoyed some success. How... How much, because you still have Hobart and Union coming up. How right. much on the radar are those games that you guys circle and kind of treat them a little different, or has it become the situation where you're focused so intently week to week that each game is, you know, pretty much the same order of magnitude? I mean, when I was at RPI, Union clearly, I'm not going to lie, was the big game. Everyone geared up for that, and and, and Frank, you know, I think you can appreciate that. You know, that that was a big rivalry. It still is.
1: But yeah, but Coach we, King's gonna beat you up for saying that. I think right now, even though you don't play for him anymore.
2: No, what I'm <laughs> saying is, is I think we're into a playoff format now, where hey, one-loss teams have gone. Um, you know, so so clearly, the onus isn't on having to win every game in a season. You want to, but like Aaron said, they're focused week to week. Do, do you still put a little extra emphasis on certain games, Aaron, or or do you feel you're at the point now where? Every team you've got a full bore focus on, and it's 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 you know yeah great it's Union or it's Hobart, but hey these are just week you know week
6: seven week eight I mean you know you know what I'm asking you yeah no I do um yeah to answer that question I mean you know from my perspective uh you know my my opinion personally you know coming into the season obviously you know yeah definitely you know I looked I was looking at you know Union Hobart game you know back to back last two games on eighty six field. Uh, you know, I also had the Rochester game circle on. You know, in my head, you know, I de- you know lost it in the past two years, and we de- I definitely wanted to come out. I didn't want to end my career with a losing record against Rochester. You know, I wanted to come my senior year and you know beat them. So um, I you know coming into the preseason, I definitely have some games you know circled. I'm sure most players do. You know, I'm sure the players at Union Hobart have us uh, circled on their schedule. But um, you know here at RPI, playing for Coach King, he really instills that um you know, model of, you know, take every game, one game at a time and when you, you know, play here for a few years you really get that sunk into your head and um you learn how to, you know, focus on the game in hand for week out you know, week in and week out. And you you know, you learn to put your one hundred and ten percent effort into each game. You don't um, you know, say one week, you know, i will go ninety percent, you know, I think we have this game in hand, you know, we could win pretty easily. You know, you go all out. Um, you know, you really you really taught that here. And then come, you know, Union Hobart. You, you know, you're giving the same amount of effort as you did against, you know, earlier in the season, You know, against what you did against your other well, opponents.
2: Clearly, Jimmy Robertson was a guest earlier in the sh- season for us, and he made the point that being an RPI now, you guys have a target on your back with every team that you play. I mean, being one of the top teams in the conference year in and year out, or gunning for the conference title, you know, you're a team that folks want to make a name for themselves and knock off. I'll tell you. I think any player at any program, whether it's an RPI or even a Hobart who's gone to the playoffs every season for the last several years, you take for granted when you come into a program and each week you're expected to win. I mean, it wasn't too long ago, if you know the history of RPI, where, hey, where you guys are, whether it's the final four like in 2003 or even just round one or round two – that was a pipe dream, long, long time ago. You know, Coach King has is, is really built up a program that's a, an elite program in, in, in the East region, and, and you know, it's it's a credit to guys like yourself to where I think you'd rather be in a situation, right, where folks are looking to knock you off every week, as opposed to not really being on anyone's radar.
6: <laughs> definitely, um, you know, it's def- it's definitely nice to have that target on your back. You know, you know, you know, you're going into every game, you're going to get the people, you know, your opponent's best, and as, as as a football player that's that's what you look for. You know, you don't you you look you I'm playing college football to have fun. You know, to enjoy myself, go that go, you know, week in and week out, play people who are gonna give me a challenge and have fun while I'm doing it. You know, obviously the ultimate goal is winning, but I wanna enjoy my time and, you know, I, my four years has been some of the you know, best years of my life, you know, I'm never gonna forget these years. Um, you know, when I'm as old as you guys one day, hopefully I can look <laughs> back and say I <laughs> But I can look back and say, you know, I had a great time there. You know, those are some of the great years of my life. And you know, obviously, we're focused on winning. But like I said, you know, I've had great times in doing so. And um, having that target on our back this year, it definitely gives us that motivation. You know, knowing that we're the team to beat, knowing that you know we're you know we were defending Liberty League champs, we want to get back there. We know we can. So we go into every game knowing that people are going to come out, give us give you know give their best to us. And that, that you know get stuff up for every game, knowing that we have to come into the game and give our best against them in order to do well. You know, we don't want to play down to people's levels. We want to play, you know, we want to get everybody's best so we can play up to other people's levels, so we can play at the level we know we can.
1: For those wondering, that uh, we can't ignore the fact that there is a big baseball game on tonight, the Boston Red Sox are up on Tampa Bay right now, one nothing. We top the first one out with Ortiz at bat, so yes. we'll keep you up to date. No, just like, Calm down back there. we got a Brooklyn kid on uh, the phone. I, I think Aaron's probably rooting for Tampa Bay. You're from Brooklyn Tech. you got to
6: Yeah, Yeah, actually, I am rooting for Tampa Bay. I hope they get the W today. Well,
1: uh, keep I want to send the Red Sox
5: home. There you
1: go. I've got a question for you, though, Aaron. Uh, and, again, uh, we appreciate your time. We uh, it's Always fun to talk to you guys, uh, especially uh, the players and uh, coaches on the show. So we wanted to maximize the time we get with you. Uh, you know, yeah, we got a, a question from a listener. Basically, I think the question, I'm going to try to rephrase it in a way I I think it's uh, intended to uh, be coming out. Uh, Last year, we saw Mount Union placed in uh, the number one position of what's technically thought of as the East Region and Ithaca, uh, as you remember, faced off against them. It's potentially possible again this year, because of the way the East Region is going, that a top-level team from another region might get placed as the number one seed and that a team like your uh, own team, RPI, if you guys make the playoffs, and I'm not trying to push you guys, you know, past the point of where you are right now, but, you know, just playing the what-if game a little bit here. Uh, you know, what if a team like Mount Union were in your uh, crosshairs a little bit? How do you think you perform comparatively? How do you think the teams in the East and the Liberty League compare against teams like Mount Union uh, and uh, their echelon of Division Three talent?
6: Um well, you know i obviously if it comes to that point, you know where we are in the playoffs, and we do have to you know mount Union is put into the east bracket and we eventually have to face them you know um we'll obviously focus on that when the task is in hand, but you know i i I personally think we can compete with uh you know any team in the nation, you know uh as long as you know that's why people play the games, you know you come in, you watch film the you know players practice all week and you get ready for the game. There's been, you know, a lot of upsets this year. There's, you know, in Division 1, Division 2, II, 3. Um, there's upsets, you know, every year. Uh, some of the top teams, um, you know, as everyone saw earlier, USC went down to Oregon State, and obviously not many people expected that. So, anything can happen, you know, on any given Sunday. That's why we play the games. And, we, you know, if that, if that, you know, point of the season comes where we have to face one of the, you know, top echelon teams in the nation, then, you know, we'll focus on that that week and we're not going you know we're not going to be scared we'll accept the challenge we'll get up you know we'll get ourselves ready to play and we'll go out there we'll give it our all and you know hopefully we'll come out with the win hopefully we can show the rest of the nation that you know RPI is a force to be reckoned with as well you know people obviously like you said not many people have us rated high right now and um uh, you know that doesn't bother us um we're just going to do what we have to do and hopefully after we do it you know after, after we win the games after we have a good season like we hope we will then, uh, you know, people will start noticing us. I know after the 03 season, you know, people said, you know, RPI, where they come from, who are they? You know, people start to notice them. So, you know, hopefully if we have the year we think we can this year, um, people will notice us, but we'll worry about that when the time comes.
2: Yeah, clearly, Aaron. I mean, i tell you, as, you know, any person who played the game, you want to have a shot at the best, I mean, to see how you compare. And clearly in the Definitely. last several years, you know, the polls and the national playoff picture shows, the Mount Unions, the St. Johns, the Wisconsin teams, you know they've been the best, and anything anyone would want to play them. So I think your comments are right on. But you do know, right? You've made it to an elite position when you have your own conference talk show, when you're able to
1: spend this Sunday night with Frank and I. <laughs> exactly.
6: Uh, I mean, you know, when, you're, I, as old, I when know. you're
2: as old as we are, Aaron, how you how you put yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, not
1: uh, <laughs> I, I have a surprise for you. Okay, you're
2: gonna get that old someday too, buddy.
1: Yeah, I, am, no, I, 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 know, it. I know it. <laughs> the, the the old guy's been working behind the scenes here, and he uh, has gotten your ranking or lack of ranking, depending on uh, how you look at it in these polls. And I want to congratulate RPI and be the first to congratulate them for finally making this season, for the first time, the D3Football.com Top 25 poll. You guys have reached number 25, leapfrogging a few teams actually to get there this week. So your performance yesterday in the 35-14 victory over Susquehanna paid off at least for national recognition you guys are now sitting inside the poll with, uh, what, about uh, four games to go this season. So congratulations to you guys. Why
2: didn't well, you tell you. me that? I wanted to find some snazzy, like, leaded music to that big announcement. Have something <laughs> kind of funky to, like, prop that up with, Frank. You're killing me.
1: <laughs> you're, you're too old and slow to, to find the music. Come on. We're
2: well, the guys now, better with that. I'm sure Aaron doesn't <laughs> listen to the
6: music that we listen to. You guys listen to all the news. No, stuff. it's not bad. It's not bad. You guys have a decent selection. Do we? Good. All right. I mean, I would change it up a little personally, but it's it's pretty good.
2: I'll tell you what, Aaron, you know what you can do for us there? And you've been a great interview. I know Frank's going to gonna segue us here, but come back next year when you're done playing. We, we can use a, another body helping to
1: produce the show. We'd be happy to have you.
0: All right. Sounds yeah. good.
1: And in the meantime, you can send me by email any musical ideas, you know, to keep us hip and with it. Oh, by the way, being <laughs> hip and with it,
6: you got any shout-outs you want to send out, Holmes? Uh-huh. No, uh, just, you know, just, I'd like just to shout out the RPI football family, um, all the alumni, and obviously my family back home in Brooklyn.
2: By the way, how's Tech doing, speaking of Brooklyn? We always had a lot of
6: Tech. Um, in Tech. Tech has is, is been having some down years ever since uh, my class graduated. Um, we're not the New York City powerhouse we used to be, but, um, you know, hopefully they'll change that around. Well, Fair. folks. We've really enjoyed having in the
1: huddle Aaron Savasi, senior receiver from RPI, whose uh, team moved to 5-0, 3-0 in league uh, yesterday, the only undefeated team left in the Liberty League. And, you know, they've got some tough games coming up, no doubt about it. But uh, it sounds like they're up to the challenge at least going week by week. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Ken, Aaron. Thank you. Thank
6: you, guys. Thank you, Eric yeah. and Frank. Thanks, Aaron. And, you know, we appreciate
1: it. Sorry about that. And, you know, I just wanted to uh, inform the listeners before we head to our break here a couple of coming things very exciting. Uh, first, next week's in the huddle. It's going to be a special two-hour program. Uh, we're going to uh, obviously cover the league action from this following Saturday, but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least somehow kick off what's known as Dutchman Shoes Week with that show since uh, Sunday technically starts at Dutchman Shoes Week. We're going to uh, try to get uh, a couple interviews from either side of the Union RPI rivalry, 7.30 p.m. next week. We'll start the show as normal with the review, and probably around 8 o'clock we'll go into Dutchman's Shoes mode fully. So uh, make sure you tune in. might have some coaches, might have some players. We'll, we'll finalize that list. We'll post it on D3Football.com. You so knew that was Thursday. coming.
2: You know, you knew that was coming this year, Frank. People we try Absolutely. to be invited, but, I mean, come on. How could that not be coming? <laughs>
1: but, then, but then we also, you and I, Eric, are going to have a special pregame show live from the parking lot in the tailgate of the Dustman Shoes game at RPI, uh, you know, but right behind 86 Field in the big parking lot where everybody seems to park and uh, tailgate for that game. And we want people to join us live uh, in the uh, Capital Region area. You can listen to 1160 AM WABY Mechanicville, or you can listen to saratogamoon.com, and we'll post uh, hopefully post an archive of it actually right here on the In the Huddle uh, page and, where you find there all are the other articles.
2: There are some negotiations underway, Frank, that could extend that coverage, but I can't divulge any details just yet.
1: We'll let them know next Sunday. But, folks, why don't we go to commercial because, as you know, it's Sunday night, so you must be in the huddle.
4: All season long, let D3Football.com be your home for all the Division III football action on the road to the Stag Bowl. From interactive blogs and message boards to columns from around the region and around the nation on your favorite teams, nobody covers NCAA Division III better than D3Football.com. As the playoffs approach, get the scoop on who's in and who's out from the experts who picked all 32 teams last year. Don't go anywhere else. Get the info from the source for Division III football at www.d3football.com.
2: You are in the huddle, the only weekly talk show devoted to NCAA Division III Liberty League Conference college football. And now back to studio one in Saratoga Springs, New York. Your hosts, Eric Red and Frank Rossi. Why is it? Is it, 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 is it hard not to listen to the Rudy music and get fired up? Whether you're a Notre Dame fan or not, come on. You know, that's just classic college pump-up sports music, is it not?
1: I gave you so much NFL films-type music earlier, and you had to go back to Rudy again, didn't you?
2: <laughs> well, my selection's limited. I get a chance to really update it this week. Although what we do have, someone current, someone who's, uh, we're thrilled to have with us tonight that we can't wait to talk to, we actually have with us the coach for Merchant Marine Academy in his fourth season, Coach Mike Toop. He's a 1977 graduate from the academy, four-year linebacker, very defensive-minded guy. who has got an impressive coaching resume we'll talk a little bit about. Happy to have him here. We're going to get his thoughts on the conference and his team's uh, action this year. Coach Toop, are you with us? I'm right here. Thanks for joining us in the huddle, Coach. I, I tried to get you fired up as well with some, some Rudy music. Did it work?
3: No, uh, I need more than that.
2: <laughs> you more than that. Well, Coach, thanks for joining us in the huddle. We're thrilled to have you here. Um, Coach, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, there's a lot of stuff we can get to with you, a lot of stuff both Frank and I want to talk about. But, you know, you just had a, a, a tough outcome against Rochester, probably not the way you wanted it. You're sitting in the conference right now a few games back of the lead after a promising start. But, Coach, you've got a pretty darn good schedule as far as a team that can Really help determine the outcome of the rest of the conference coming up in the next few weeks with Hobart <clears throat> Union RPI. Um, talk to us for a second, coach, about the, your thoughts on, on what you told the team. You know how you felt at the end of that Rochester game where you where you ended up losing 130 to 14, and now how you transition moving forward with a schedule like you have.
3: Well, it, you know every loss is tough, and that's three in a row for us, so. It, 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 it's it's frustrating for the guys. I mean, we worked extremely hard this year, and you know we don't have a lot to show for it. But the bottom line is you have to make plays, and you know if you're at the game, I mean, we turn the ball over twice in the red zone early on in the game. They pick one up and go 85 yards with it. So we had some chances in the first half from a scoring, you know, as far as scoring opportunities to make some plays, but but didn't. And ultimately, we got down and just couldn't make enough plays to get back in the game. You know, and from there, you know, it, it gets to be tough. I mean, it it gets down to a, a certain amount of mental toughness. Can you put this game away and focus on the next one? Because, you know, obviously Hobart's a quality team. They've had two weeks to get ready for us. And, you know, if you look what we've done against them in the last three years, we really haven't competed with them. So we'll have our hands, you know, we'll have our hands full.
2: Well, Coach, you just mentioned that you, you've you lost three in a row after starting off 1-0 and in the conference with a uh, victory against St. Lawrence. You had a you know, heartbreaking loss against Susquehanna, where I think most folks thought that game, for all intents and purposes, was, was you know in the bag as a win, although that's why you play 60 minutes, right? Um, you had a, a loss by less than two touchdowns to WPI, and then this one to Rochester. Coach, you play in a conference which I think we all agree has a fair amount of parity. There's some great teams in this conference from the RPIs, you know, all the way through to, to Merchant Marine, St. Lawrence. You know, there's no week off per se. I don't care if, you know, St. Lawrence is only 6 right now. They're going to come out and give folks a game. The last few years in the Liberty League, I you know, a guy with your coaching pedigree and I know your personal, you know, desire to win, probably not the level of success you, you would have liked to have had, you know, one win in each of the last couple of years in the Liberty League. How do you try to, to um, I guess, approach the task of, growing in the conference, trying to build upon you know, a win this season or, or, or basically get to the level where you're trying to be where the unions, the Hobarts, the RPIs are today. I mean, you're, I think it's a little tougher, folks who don't know, you know a lot about your institution. You're a military academy. You went there yourself. You can speak to the, the demands on your time. I mean, you, you have a heck of a lot more on your plate than just playing football. So can that environment – and in a conference like the Liberty League, produce a team that's capable of going to n c a s on a consistent basis
3: um, you know I mean, we haven't done it traditionally, so you know on right on the surface, it's tough to say yes when you look at what we've done since we've been in the league, and what you have to do is you gotta set goals, and everybody wants to win, but you also have to set realistic goals. And based on what we've done the last couple of years, is the, the, the the bottom line is we really haven't competed on a week-in and week-out basis. You know, we've, we've had a couple of games where we've, we've played tough, but ultimately, you know, and Hobart, like I said, is a great example, you know, we've got pounded by some of these schools. So our biggest, you know, our goal this year is we wanted to compete. Now, we've done that, and now it's gotten to the point where, you know, we, we've had some opportunities to you know to be in the games and have a chance and you know we've been in the, we've been in every game in the fourth quarter you know so far this year in the league and you know we haven't gotten it done so our goal is just to play every week and get into the fourth quarter you know and have a chance to win i mean that's that's you got to be realistic you know to sit there and say you're going to win the league it it's, it's good and all those things but you know you have to go one week at a time you know when when you look down the road and you look long range you, you lose focus on you know, who you have that particular week. And, you know, we, we've always tried to make it a point to just focus on the task at hand, and that's who you're playing this week. You know, I, I've been fortunate to be involved with some good programs over the years, and, you know, the, the places I've been where we've had the most success, let's go one week at a time. When you get to week seven and eight and nine, let's see where we are, and if we're in the mix, then, hey, let's go.
1: Hey, Coach, Frank Rossi. uh we're talking to you in the huddle again, uh, coach Mike Toope, uh, who is uh, head coach of Merchant Marine Academy. And I want to take uh, Eric's question one step uh, further back actually, because uh, this off season, just before the season began, I got to uh, speak with uh, one of your uh, big adversaries, I guess in some ways, but I'm sure a friend off the field, but coach Bill George of Coast Guard, actually I was doing uh, the preview uh, for Coast Guard and D3 football.com's kickoff uh, publication they do. And, uh, I remember that call fondly because Coach George was so – he didn't want to be bearish, but there's no other word for it in terms of the season he was going to have. And the reason is because of the number of players he loses. And basically it kind of went like this. The the discussion we had was, you know, we're at a military academy. We lose a lot of players. Uh, Some are, you know, going off to war. Some are, you know, just graduating off and we can't technically recruit for the sake of recruiting at a school like a military academy because it's not just as easy as filling in an application and getting in in uh, most cases. What kind of extra challenges do you face in recruiting, especially at a school like Merchant Marine Academy?
3: Well, it's 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 the opposite end of the spectrum compared to any other school. You know, I worked at Union, and, and I work with Dino and some of the guys on the staff, and, And it's completely different. Uh, I mean, if you look at this league, all the schools in this league, with the exception of us, for the most part, are basically liberal arts schools. Okay, now RPI, Mm -hmm. WPI, national institutions, more engineering focused. But, but, you know, when you look at Hobart, Union, St. Lawrence, Susquehanna, you know, they're liberal arts schools. So in a lot of, and Rochester too, and and basically a lot of times kids are going to make a decision based on football. You know, when you get guys that are being recruited by Hobart, Union, Rochester, just for example, you know the kids are going to visit those three schools, and a lot of times, you know, where am I? You know, if I'm a quarterback, is the kid playing right now? Is he is he starting as a freshman? If, if that's the case, then you know, if I if I visit this school, and if the kid's are senior, I may have a better chance. You know, academically, all the schools in our league are outstanding. So from that standpoint. You know, when you're recruiting, kids are going to look at, you know, first of all, what kind of environment, what kind of, do I get exactly what I want academically? Everywhere in this league, the kids are going to get what they want for the most part academically. Okay, so the the next step is environment. You know, do I like a rural setting? Do I like the city? Do I like suburban? And then the kid gets a feel for that. But then ultimately, most times, and I've, I mean, and this has happened everywhere I've ever coached, a lot of times kids will ultimately make a decision to a certain extent based on football and where they see themselves and what kind of success they have here that's not the case because you know as we tell guys when they come and visit, you're not going to college if you come here. I mean you're going to a service academy, and of all the five service academies, we're completely different than the other four because our guys are doing c year you know they're going out to sea sophomore year for four months, they're gone for eight months as juniors, so it's very, very different. So it's you can't just recruit football players, because if you do that, they're going to be gone the first few days of indoctrination. So it's very tough, and, you know, you've got to find guys that want this type of environment, but you also have to find that unique individual that not only wants the academy life, but, you know, football has got to be important to them.
2: Coach, too, if you talk about that, you were actually a four-year player at linebacker, 77 graduate for King's. Yeah, but
3: that was before Face Mask. So that was a long time
2: ago. <laughs> <laughs> you you so you understand though what it takes to 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 both compete in a sport and go to the service academy. You know, I look at your coaching resume; it's very impressive. You had a lot of Division One experience. You helped build the Davidson program into one double A. You spent time at UConn. You spent time at U Penn at Colgate. It seems like you've definitely been at, at a track record of schools that have both. Excellent academics, as well as you know, a, a desire to play football. You were at the Division One level for it looks like a lot of your career. What made you kind of go in a different direction and come back to Division Three? And, and and what what would you say? I guess if anything, the differences were in your former life in these D One programs versus what you're doing now.
3: Well, you travel a hell of a lot better in D One. Let's get that straight.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. The rental area, and Troy. Well, and you're,
3: top you're, top. you know, you're, you're staying in marriage as opposed to Red roofs when you're on the road recruiting. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, I'm not one of those guys where, you know, you have to be a D1 guy to be a good coach. I mean, the people in this league that coach, you know, I, I'd throw them up at a lot of people I've coached against at, at a higher level. And there's a common misconception that, you know, the higher you go, the better it is. I mean, theoretically you would think that. But uh, I've always believed that you know football is football. I mean, it, it, the last time I checked, whether you're playing junior high or in the NFL, the dimensions on the field are exactly the same, except for the hashes. And uh, you know, whether I've coached in front of 75 people or 75,000, I coach the same way. And and football is football. And here, you know, it, it was you know it was different when they when they contacted me to to take a look. Um, you know, I. Wasn't too keen on it at the time, but uh, you know, uh, having gone here and seeing what what the situation was at the time, I mean, it's 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 a special place. So, for that standpoint, you know, I was fortunate to to be here with a number of individuals where we had tremendous success and had really enhanced the the experience. And that's my primary goal is just to try and you know have the guys that are playing here now the same kind of experience.
2: Yeah, I have one. I just want to build on something you said, Coach. Where you know, football is football, and there's a misconception where folks think that if you're at a, I don't know, Penn State or Notre Dame, it's it's you know, light speed warp difference versus what you're trying to accomplish at a D2 or D3 school. You've been at both levels. Would you say or, or say it's a valid or, or, or a fair point to suggest that maybe at times? at this level, at D3 level, with some of these institutions that have a lot of smart kids, you can actually potentially do more. I mean, my, the only reason I say that is I only draw from my experience as, as an alignment in college, at three, D3 college, I played at RPI, and I felt, hey, we did a lot of complex stuff. I don't know about any other level. I never had a chance to play at any other level, but I, was, I used to think to myself, boy, I couldn't imagine other colleges, whether it's D1, you know, and Notre Dame or whoever, doing that much more complicated stuff at the line, making calls, making adjustments, empowering the players to do some things. Would you say that the the the, the complexity of scheming or the quality of, of the product you put on the field, obviously the players and their skill levels are a little different, but the overall scheming of how you go about the business is that much different? I don't
3: think there's a lot of difference. What what I've what I've found over the years is that the NFL, you know, those guys they try a lot more, you know, from a standpoint of different blocking schemes, and you know, defensively, you know, let's bring this guy down, add him into the box, this and that. And then the one A guys, it kind of trickles down to the one A, and then it kind of trickles down to the lower levels. You know, at at this level of competition, you know, it, it's you're not spending the time on football that you do at the higher level simply because it's it's a different environment from that standpoint. But ultimately, you know, once you get the information down to the people at this level, it's being coached the same way, and, and in many instances, guys build on it and innovate and, and evolve it into what works in their package.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a pyramid, yeah, I mean, right? There's only so many NFL and D one and major college jobs, so there's a lot of guys, good guys, waiting in the wings, I would assume, that know a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> no,
3: it's, yeah, there's no question. I, you know, I... I still go to certain people to talk X's and O's, and, you know, it, it makes no difference to me. I'm going to go to them over talking to some quote-unquote big-name guy simply because, you know, you, you've got a comfort level, You can you, they'll share anything they want. You know, a lot of clinics you go to, I mean, you know, you, you get kind of tired of the base cover two talk. You know, when I go to a clinic, I want to go, I want to, I want to find, what are you doing? You know, and everyone's got this secret paranoia that they don't want to say too much because, you know, they think they invented it, but... You know, and that's all well and good, but, you know, when I sit down and do football, I want to do football.
1: Again, uh, folks, you're listening uh, to In the Huddle here on Blog Talk Radio. We've got Coach Mike Toop, head coach of the Merchant Marine Academy down at Kings Point, or for me, up at Kings Point, I guess, technically. I, I keep forgetting the fact that I'm, like, 1,200 miles away from you guys right now, but soon I'll be back, and I'll be uh, going to the games. And you guys play in a great – location up there. i got to be honest with you, Coach. Uh, I've been up there to call unions games the last couple of times they were up there. And uh, the pomp and circumstance, especially on homecoming, is just uh, overwhelming, as I think you remember I was talking to J.J. Watson, who we had on the show uh, a while back. Now, this season, obviously not going the way you want it to. And I know you're getting phone calls left and right from people, uh, the armchair quarterbacks who might be alumni out there that are probably asking the question, What's going on? How are you going to write the ship? Uh, no pun intended at this point. I mean, what are you telling them? What are you telling your own team? And I think ultimately my question to you is, listen, your wins and losses are what they are right now. How do you define the season as a success? At what point or with what occurrence or occasion will you feel this has been a success 2008 for your team, especially your seniors?
3: Uh. I think to a large extent, the season has been successful, uh, based in large part to the seniors. I thought they did an exceptional job uh, while they were out at sea, staying in touch, um, you know making sure we were headed still keeping the program headed in the right direction. and you know and it's not showing in the wins and losses, but I think I think we have you know I think we compete week to week. I mean I, I think I think our guys play extremely hard. I think that's, that's something we hang our hats on is, you know, we're certainly not the biggest team. We're, we're the smallest team in the league and, and probably to a large extent the slowest team in the league. But, but I think we play tough football. And, you know, as you know the beginning of your question as far as what people ask, I don't worry about, you don't worry about, you know, the naysayers or people on the outside. You concentrate and you focus on your players and your team. Because that's all you can worry about, and you well, know I've got a great staff, and I've got a great bunch of guys that are playing, and we just worry about that, and we go one week at a time.
1: You know, we—I I, uh, was telling Josh Moraz, uh, your sports information director—we had Joe Catalano on from Union College a few weeks back uh, when Union was sitting at one and three after a three-game losing streak, and you know. Everybody was acting like the wheels were falling off, et cetera, et cetera. They've won two games straight since, so we're, we're thinking we're a good luck charm, uh, and we're hoping that for be. your team that hey, we're we're trying. And if uh, not, I won't disclose my address to you anytime soon. But nonetheless, uh, you know, we we are hoping for you guys because I, I think this I don't know Eric, this is like soft spot we have I think for these military teams that try to compete and do compete at the levels of you know their Division One or Division Three. Uh, colleagues out there. Yeah, um, ask Notre yeah, Dame so last year about that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, the, coach. You, you,
2: I, I'm just looking at this. I mean, let's talk about the rest of the season for a second. And, and and you know, Frank and I, soft spot aside, you have a tremendous opportunity on your calendar. I mean, look at your next three games: Hobart, then a bye week, then Union, then RPI. And, and, as to a man in that locker room, you know. Forget the records for a second. You, you, it sounds like you, know, you treat obviously you're going to treat this one game at a time, but how do you prepare a team that you say is slower or undersized, You know, doesn't have the horses that some of these other top Liberty League teams have? What's the game plan? I don't want to ask you to give something away that, you know, obviously you keep stuff close to chest. But We're
3: going single wing this week in case Craig's listening. <laughs> so he can start charting that right now.
2: But I think, mean, Coach. Realistically, are there things you think you can do, you know, as a coach? How much scheming, you know, to the average pedestrian fan who doesn't necessarily have never played or never coached or whatever? How much scheming can you do when you're really overmatched on a per person, I guess, physical talent level?
3: Well, you know, you, you know, Mike's done a tremendous job at Hobart. He's, you know, and he's really built the program up and. In, and, and you guys know the teams in the league. And, you know, defensively, he does a great job. I mean, they're going to line up, and they're going to put eight in a box, and they're going to come after you, or they're going to sit back, and they're going to play their 4-4 four, four or bounce into a 3-4 at times. And they're basically going to say, you know, you're going to beat us. And they've, they've got their kids play real fast, and they play real hard. You know, and, and for us, we can't line up in I pro and run power 20 times. You know, it's not going to happen. So our whole our whole gimmick has got to be week to week, you know, is just trying to find something schematically where we can scheme something where hopefully you can take advantage, you know, as far as a personnel mismatch, uh, if if you think you may have one, or, you know, just based on scheme and their tendencies, you know, where you can get an extra guy and and, and make a play. I mean, that's what it is for us. That's what we, as coaches, we need to try and do each week.
2: Coach, you've been in defensive player in college it looks like you've spent a lot of time on the defensive side of the ball. How much time do you involve yourself with from an offensive perspective and you know how did you coming out of college as a defensive player I guess really round out that aspect of your of your coaching resume you
3: know, I was very fortunate to work with some, for some great people and with some great people and spent a lot of my time in offensive staff meetings. Just to listen to you know, you know I worked with Dino at Union for just one year, and then he went to Penn, and you know, and Dino was a great quarterback guy. And I'd sit there and you ask questions about technique. And I've over the years, even as a defensive guy, you know, I've been fortunate to work with some people, and you, and you ask questions. And at, at where I am right now, I'm very, very fortunate to have a staff that I think is excellent, you know, and Kyle Metzler, and Chad are on the offensive side of the ball here, and Pat Foley and Frank Duffy, and I let my guys coach. And I basically bounce back and forth. So I just don't run the defense. I basically take care of the quarterbacks. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe should just do defense.
2: <laughs> I don't think so, Coach. I think you have quite a, a good pedigree of, of working with some good programs over the years where you probably uh, know, know quite a bit. Um, I, I have two questions for you that I'm going to Transition the mic to Frank here. My first question, Coach, is, is specifically football related to the Liberty League. How much motivation, if any, do you and your team take from the prospect of being a spoiler as it relates to the conference title and potential postseason ramifications?
3: Well, so, I, that's I, all we have at this point.
2: Well, you know. I ask that because you've got Hobart, Union RPI. Sure. At least two of those three teams have really high postseason aspirations. Sure they do. Sure we do. So, I mean, say whether you're one and seven or two and six or three and five. Do you take extra energy? Do you care about knocking someone off and changing their postseason horizon? Sure we do.
3: You know, and and rather than worry at this point in time about the league and who's where, we you know we we focus more on ourselves because if. You know, if we can take care of business and just worry about ourselves and we can execute, then those types of things will take care of itself. And I'll go back to last year. We were 0 for going into the last game. We're fortunate to win it. And I think that speaks to the type of player that we have in our program, you know, where nowadays, you know, know, the, the way things work in today's society, when things ain't going right, you just click to the next website or you just hit the remote and go to the next channel. And uh, you know I I feel good about the fact that my guys don't do that. You know they're, they're you know it's, it doesn't show on the scoreboard, but they they leave it on the field, and that's all I can ask them to do. So we'll you know right now we got to focus on Hobart, and you know after that you know the week after Hobart we got to beat finals because we got finals after that. Yep. So they they got to win that game. So,
2: so you talk about a real life situation finals. These are student athletes. That kind of segues into my. My last question. in The inning, I'll turn it over to Frank. Um, obviously, at a military academy, you know, you guys have much bigger priorities than just football. It, it, we talked about this. I don't know if you caught an interview with Coach Ed Zoloom from WPI. A great guy. Mm-hmm. He talks. Zuma
3: dissed me because I I actually coached with him at Albany State, and he didn't. of the Bob still, Ford
2: coaching factory? Everyone, yeah, everyone he,
3: he yeah he's still mad at me because my linebacker is used to whoop on his own lineman, so he's held that <laughs> against me all through all the years. So.
2: Well, there you go. I have to, I'll have to bring that up next time I talk to him. So, Coach, Coach Zalou made it, you know, we we got off the topic a little bit and talked a little bit about some bigger bigger things in life, and he mentioned Frank brought up about when um, WPI played against Union the week right immediately following 9-11 in 2001 and kind of the the sentiment and how he addressed both teams. And it just, I, I think for me personally, and maybe our listeners would like to know, you, you served at Kings Point, You've got a bunch of kids playing for you that are going to go on to careers in active duty or reserve, or, or you know, being in dangerous places and in harm's way. This is a this is a challenging world we live in. It's always been a dangerous world, but it seems to be more and more dangerous as we move forward in, in, in time. How how much as an educator and mentor, not just as a coach, how much aspect is there? In the locker room, you know in class, around your football family, of, of kind of somberness, of seriousness, of, hey, there's some bigger things we got ahead of us, and we're trying to you know defend our country and, and take care of a bigger order of business.
3: Uh, the guys know it's there, and you know the reason you know guys come here is because they want to serve, And so from that standpoint, they understand that. it's not a big deal, quite frankly. Uh, they know what they're getting into when they get here. To a large extent, they know they have, you know. And the great thing about, and the unique thing about our place is our guys can commission in any branch of the service. You know, not just in the Navy, but you know. And I'll have, I have guys. Last year, I, I have some players this year on the team that are going to, you know, look to go Navy SEAL and Marine Corps and Coast Guard and Army and do those things. But, but that's why they come here. And and obviously the the, the major. Percentage of guys will go into the maritime industry, but our guys are all over the world on, on different ships in, in the Gulf and everywhere else. And uh, I mean that's how it is, and they understand that, and that's why at this place, you know, football is a tremendous outlet, you know, for the guys because you know they've got the academic load, they've got the regimental load, they have the sea year, and uh, you know, and so football is, is an outlet for them and, and something well, that they look I ask forward to. I
2: that question in the context of. Yeah, wins and losses are a very black-and-white binary measure on paper of what folks might sometimes arbitrarily call success. But in the grander scheme of things, you know, I think, sure, your guys want to compete just as much as anyone, and they take a loss just as hard as anyone. But no question. my only point being is that, hey, in the grander scheme of life, I don't see many losses out of your program in terms of No there's
3: no there's no question and you know you, you asked before about why you know I mean this place is still you know as long as it's been here it it places legit and it produces tremendous people that 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 serve their country and go on to, to big things in life and uh you know and that and that's it's always nice when you get a phone call or an email from someone who played for you a couple of years ago and they give you an update where they're at And uh, you know, and that's you know, those things you can't you you can't put a dollar sign on. That's that's kind of why you do it. But but yeah, I mean, for me, it's it it wasn't a tough transition because even though it was a different era and different, you know, we didn't have GPS when I was sailing. um, You know, the nuts and bolts of the place are the same, so you can relate to it. You know, when a guy comes out, you know, one of the guys comes out and they just had physics and calculus test today, and you know, they kind of have that faraway look. you, You understand what they're going through. But uh, but there's no question in, in in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's uh, it's different.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Frank Rossi back down in Florida with your coach and uh, a couple things I want to just say real briefly here. First off, I know one guy uh, you mentioned a couple times that's really rooting hard for you right now, and that would be Dino, uh, as you uh, call him, Coach uh, John Audino. Uh, He's really, really hard for you, uh, especially next week and your last game of the uh, season, especially. But he said you could take November 8th off if you would like. Don't worry about that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sure he
0: is.
3: (laughs) No, we're, we're, you know, we we go back a long time. And, you know, and I work with Gary Reynolds and Pete Brown and John Kralovic and Larry Cottrell and Irv Shambliss. I know the guys on that staff extremely well. And uh, my daughter's actually a freshman up there right now, which, you know, Part of the deal was I didn't have to pay tuition if she went there just because. But, uh, and, you know, quality. I mean, that's a quality program. And I think because, you know, you look at the guys and the staff and how long they've been there, the continuity, I think, really really has helped
2: them and, be,
3: and because they are quality coaches.
2: I hope that doesn't mean uh, you're rooting against RPI than Dutch shoes game, Coach.
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> absolutely. I've been in
3: that game. I've been oh. in that game. I've been in
2: that
1: game. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate uh, you uh, joining us tonight. And, you know, uh, one little side note, uh, I was talking to Seth Canner, a good friend of yours uh, from uh, your uh, radio station down or up there, of doing it. And uh, he said to me uh, specifically today, he's going to be a good interview for you, Frank, because we we don't talk to you guys as much as we like you. We talk to, you know, Coach King and Coach Ardino just from the schools we've come from. So we don't know. how well-received will be personally, but you, Coach Zaloum, Coach Green this year, it's been just great having you guys. You've been just an exceptional interview, and we really appreciate your time and your insight into football and life tonight. And uh, again, folks, uh, this was Coach Mike, too, from Merchant Marine Academy.
2: Thanks again, Coach. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Again, because without you two getting on the program like this and letting your players dial in and talk, we don't have a show, and we're just trying to help promote guys like no, you. No, thanks don't. to it's you awesome.
3: guys. You guys do a great job. I think this is a great thing. It promotes the league, and, I mean, it's a heck of a league. You guys know that. I mean, you've got to show up every week. And, uh, no, we appreciate uh, what you guys are doing.
2: Thanks, Coach.
1: So, Frank? Uh, well, I, th- I thought you were just going to send it to the ad, but if you want to oh, hear my audio I'm, uh, I'm, to I'm trying
2: to give you the honor.
1: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Let me actually let me do what I did earlier and just remind people just joining us next week. Make sure you join us. We're going to do our normal show for the first half hour, but then we're going to transition into kicking off Dutchman Shoes Week here. Uh, 7.30 is when we'll start the show, as always. So it's a two-hour show with some uh, interviews on both sides of the ball uh, for the Dutchman Shoes Week. And then that Saturday – Tune in. We'll give you the details online for the pregame show uh, in the uh, tailgate for the Dutchman Shoes game. Frank Rossi, Eric Renn will be joining you from Troy, New York. Let's go to an ad, and we'll be right back with predictions and playoff discussion to the extent we have
5: time. So, EJ, we've designed you a signature shoe worthy of a three-time All-American with mad smarts and sick
1: leadership skills. Ta-da! There are over 380,000 NCAA student athletes.
6: Yeah, you got your GPA in box right? Yeah.
1: I love it. Ah. And just about all of them will be going pro in something other than sports. Can I get it in a loafer for Casual Fridays? Yes. Yes.
4: All season long, let D3Football.com be your home for all the Division Three football action on the road to the Stag Bowl. From interactive blogs and message boards to columns from around the region and around the nation on your favorite teams, nobody covers NCAA Division Three better than D3Football.com. As the playoffs approach, get the scoop on who's in and who's out from the experts who picked all 32 teams last year. Don't go anywhere else. And get the info from the source for Division Three football at www.D3Football.com.
2: We're back with In the Huddle on BlogTalkRadio.com, the only talk show devoted to NCAA Division III College Football's Liberty League Conference. Once again, from Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Rossi.
1: And welcome back to In the Huddle, folks. Frank Rossi here, Eric Wren joining me here. uh, In the Huddle, and we're going to talk. Here's what we're going to do. I'm looking at our clock here. Uh, we've got three games to talk about next week. Why don't we basically take 30 seconds each to talk about our predictions for, and then I'm going to summarize in about a minute and a half what to look off in terms of playoff scenarios for the uh, Liberty League automatic qualifier. How's that sound, Eric? Why, well, you don't want to talk about that uncomfortable silence when neither one of us wanted to say goodbye to Coach? <laughs> well, it's that soft spot, apparently, we both have for the military cabinet. We didn't want to say goodbye. I mean, it must it's be, like that. It must be the soft spot,
2: Frank. See, that's the problem with trying to, you know, host a show when you live in Miami. You gotta, you gotta fly
1: up here on weekends and be part of Studio One just so we can. I will,
2: and have real. I will be
1: in Studio One. I will be in Studio One in two weeks. I'm going to join you actually at your place. Uh, it's my mother's birthday on November 2nd, and that'll be the show. So I'll be up there for, her, and uh, you will actually have me in your living room. Uh, perhaps I'll invite uh, Paul Haydock, a good friend of yours, and uh, a fellow Union alum to protect me during that show, but we'll uh, we'll get to the details of that later. Uh, so let's go to predictions. As long as I don't have to put out, like, wine and cheese
2: and hors d'oeuvres and put on a cardigan sweater with you in the room, you know, classic
1: uh, <laughs> <the> Union guard. <laughs> so. done done. I knew you were going to do it eventually. Okay, yeah, Rochester, Worcester, Polly, come on. Uh, Rochester, WPI. I'll start for half a minute. Let's just uh, rotate back and forth here. Uh, you got Rochester coming in off a big win. You got WPI looking to continue the one-loss uh, scenario, and in doing so, possibly protecting their ability for a pool C bid, which actually got a lot better chance uh, this week with the Mac team sort of collapsing. Adam Sammer, I'll talked about that earlier. I think WPI with the off week this week. Comes out very strong. I think they had some injuries. They needed some mend. As we were talking to Justin Wells, he was pretty banged up. He admit, admitted, but he said the off week should give him time to improve. I like WPI in this game. No offense to Coach Green and his uh, crew, but it's a WPI home game. That's a good crowd out there. I was there a couple weeks ago. WPI wins.
2: Yeah, I, I was kind of actually hoping you would have uh, put this game last for some, because this is, to me, the hardest pick of the week. But I'll tell you. You know, these are these are two teams that I think are very evenly matched. And, you know, Rochester has lost some close games this year. They won some close games. Well, won a close game at Union. Um, you know, these two teams, I think, are teams that, even though Rochester just won against Merchant Marine, I think they're heading in different directions. I think Rochester started the season with high hopes and lost a couple games that they probably shouldn't have lost. And I think that momentum... At this point, maybe is a little bit too much to overcome. You and I talked to Coach Zaloom. He's a guy I think is on a mission. He's got all the right uh, motivation and his players. You know, their one game in the loss column behind RPI in the Liberty League title, you know, they control their own destiny. If they win out, you know, their odds are going to go to the NCAAs. So I think with all this on the line, that home game, you know, that, that to me is the deciding factor. That game's in Worcester. I think this is a tough, tough game to call. They're both going to play tough, but I really think you know the stars are going to line up, and Coach Nalum is going to push the right buttons, and, and, and WPI is going to win a close one.
1: Give me your views on RPI at Saint Lawrence. Uh, you can't make the prediction because we made the agreement not to predict our own schools. Yes, so, but... Although
2: you, although I did come pretty darn close and had a score last week, you got to admit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching it. Go ahead, RPI Saint Lawrence. Well, what do you, you think? You know, on the surface, right? You say Saint Lawrence winless. 0-6, RPI 5-0, slam dunk. You know, I think RPI is very focused. You got a good earful of it from Aaron Savasi, who talked a lot about the focus that they have week in and week out. They're not going to treat St. Lawrence any different than RPI treats Hobart or Union or Rochester or WPI. Um, you know, RPI knows full well the path that their destiny lies ahead of them as far as controlling it and not having to stumble, because clearly this is an opportunity for them if, if they don't take it serious to stumble heading into two back-to-back crucial games in Union and in Hobart. I think Coach King and the staff are, are, have been around too long. They know too much about the landscape to let themselves have a down week. This is a team that's historically kind of scared an RPI fan. You know, a couple of years ago, St. Lawrence pulls off a big upset. They've played RPI tough a few times in recent years. It's one of those teams that always seems to get up for RPI and give them a little bit of trouble, and it's up in Canton, which you know is going to bode well for the Larrys, but... I'm not going to make a prediction. I think there's too much for St. Lawrence to overcome this season in this game. Um, you know, they'll play tough, but I think RPI knows where they got to get to at the end of the season and so you know, if you read between the lines, I just I think the the
1: mismatch I I I know where you're going. I uh, I think our listeners to with that
2: for itself, so
1: by the way, folks, welcome to bonus coverage in uh, in the huddle tonight. Uh, we, we are across nine o'clock, but you know what? We did it for a darn good reason or two. Uh, we had some great interviews, even though we only had two uh, player coach interviews with the uh, show. We had Aaron Silvati, who was just great. I mean, uh, answered every question professionally, and uh, we really just answer every to... question. He
2: offered his own feedback. He sounds like he's
1: done this before. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he called us old. But we we do take certain exception to it, but we forgive him for now on that one. And then Coach Mike too. uh, we appreciate uh, him joining us uh, for an extended interview. Also, when we go into these interviews, we usually say 15, 20 minutes max. But tonight we went half hour with both guests easily. So we appreciate yeah, we're never going to get out of here. We're never going to get out of here in an hour and a half ever. It's not possible. Yeah, well we we could try, but let me give my prediction here first. Also, uh, we did break the news. Uh, you heard it here first. That RPI is now in the D3Football.com top 25. Paul sitting at number 25, but to get there, they were number 29 coming into the week. So they leapfrogged some teams, even with only one team falling out of the top 25. So congratulations to RPI for that. And having said that, I listened to the St. Lawrence Union game, which was Union's homecoming, uh, on the uh, over my iPhone, believe it or not, because that technology is available now uh, at the gym. And let me tell you something, Eric. I'm glad I was at the gym for the first half of that game because I was ready to throw weights through walls. It was that frustrating of a start, but it was because St. Lawrence was looking off their bye week to send a message to the league, and they did so. For a quarter, they were up 14-0 on Union. Nothing was going right for the Dutchman, but I, it was one of those situations, I think, like Coach Toop was talking to us about, If you're outmanned in terms of size and experience and strength, sometimes it's just one of those situations you can, you know, duff it for only so long, and, you know, eventually the other team's going to wake up and come at you, and that's what Union did. I think RPI has that same ability. I don't think St. Lawrence has it in them enough to pull it out for four quarters against a team like RPI. This is not a slight against St. Lawrence. I really appreciated the fact that they came out so strong yesterday against Union and two weeks ago against Hobart. It's a tough call always when these two teams play, and it's at St. Lawrence, which is a tough road trip for RPI, but RPI's got way too much. Even if they turn the ball over a couple times, I believe that RPI will win. But one thing I'm going to bring up to you, and I'll get to more of this in a second, RPI could lose this game with no problem. They can lose this or the Union game, technically, and win out and win the league still. So, this yeah, is not just, a must-have that's just, game. They're thinking, they're just, that's just what they're thinking in Troy, Frank. Yeah, we can dump this oh, one. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Come on, I, I, th- that's going to happen. I'm just saying to you, if, for people that are watching or listening to it or whatever, that don't get overstressed if RPI drops it, but, you know, they only have so much insurance they can play around with this um, season, so...
2: No, that's, that's, that's a must. That's a must-win because you've got Hobart and Union with bullseyes on you. This is this is a must-win game. I, I don't think this. I would get stressed if I was an RPI fan if they lose this game. So I think you and I well, differ. We'll see what happens. I think we. Differ they wanted
1: to play tough, though. Give them credit because they had Union on the ropes early, and Union did respond, and you know it kind of came uncoiled there, and they only lost to uh, Hobart sixteen to ten, and it was a close game throughout for that game. Yeah. You, you, just so you know, we've established that you're that guy in the gym that sits on his phone. No, I wasn't sitting on it. It was, my head, it was like I was listening to my iPod, okay? You, on on you were, iPod. Working out, were you on a treadmill or something? No, I was lifting weights and uh, on the benches, and people looked at me as I was getting almost vocal about how angry I was getting during that game. Yes, I do bleed garnet through and through, I guess, but... It was just frustrating from all different angles, and, uh, you know, I probably got one of the best workouts of my life at the end of the day. Did you was throw some extra weight, weight on, on? you since you were yes. so fucking
2: did up? You, did you? Good. I mean, you got to, Frank, at your age, since you're old, per Evan, <laughs> you've got you've to take these opportunities to, you know, to, to use that, harness that anger, and the
1: weight room's a good place, my friend. You know, in two weeks when uh, I go to RPI uh, for the game, uh, I find Aaron Savasi. I'm going to introduce myself as, hi, I'm that other old guy that's not from RPI. You need to get a walker when you show up just to you know, It's kind of a, a prop. That would be kind of cool. Kind of the tennis balls on the bottom of it and everything? <laughs> I think we need to move to our last game, Hobart at Merchant yep. Marine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. you, sir. Okay.
2: I, I
0: think,
2: you know, this is tough because you listen to a coach too, right? And clearly, you hear a guy that can just instill confidence in a team, instill the right message. He, you know, what he reminded me of. I mean, the terms hard-nosed certainly come to mind. Go on their website, look at the pictures of that guy. You wouldn't want to have him in your grill, all pissed off. I mean, he's definitely a, c- carries that coaching <laughs> intimidation factor with him. He sounds, you know, he sounds like a great guy, great message, knows what he's talking about. Definitely, uh, he's got the Bill Cowher feel to him. So. I think he knows how to motivate his team, but I'll tell you, Frank, after that loss to Union, I think Hobart's pissed off. Uh,
1: you're know, you insisting using it, aren't you? <laughs>
2: well, I, I'm just saying, I think Hobart losing that game at Union, I think they're pissed. I think that's a team that felt it was in control of its own destiny and truly had November 8th circled on the calendar for an RPI showdown. I'm not saying they looked past Union because – you know, Any team can knock each other off, but I think they surprise themselves in that loss. So they've got a lot of motivation to not drop two games behind RPI in the loss column if RPI takes care of business this weekend. So I think Hobart comes out and puts the, puts the screws down
1: and, and makes a statement against Merchant Marine. Okay, see, I'm going to teach you what they teach you as an announcer after a few years uh, about euphemisms, like instead of pissed, it's ticked, and instead of saying it was a stupid play. It was uh, not a great play on their part, stuff like that. You know, it's ingrained in me not to use those certain of words. I mean. we're not regulated by the FCC. I can say pissed. They're pissed. I'd be
2: well, pissed we're family. if I folks.
1: were folks. We're a family show. I'd be picked if I were them.
2: Didn't
1: Well, you know what? I agree with you. Uh, what, whichever words you want to use, uh, they are that. Uh, and you know Their what? feathers were ruffled. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, Merchant Marine Hobart, tough game, tough call. Last week, what I say, I picked Merchant Marine to beat uh, Rochester, so I, I do not have the upset special. And you know what?
2: You're gonna pick him two just, weeks in a row just because that's your that's your you know you're riding that horse.
1: <laughs> I am gonna ride this horse, and I'll tell you why. The way that Hobart ended before the bye week. You know, you've got scenarios where you don't want to end your bye-week uh, preview in certain scenarios. Like, if Union had lost to St. Lawrence this week, all that buildup and uh, rebounding they had done, it may have been greatly in question, okay? And I really feared that possibility for Union's sake. Hobart did have that scenario. And I think, honestly – you've got a lot of finger-pointing and question marks. We saw on the message board some of their biggest fans basically railing against them, and it's just one loss. Well, uh, I wouldn't give
2: too much creed to that. It's two guys out of a community of probably hundreds of fans. We don't get the Well, chance no, I think to, three or four, fact, actually. Don't get to, we don't get to talk to the average pedestrian Hobart
1: fan or the parents or the community. I mean, don't. Well, don't but but wait, 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 wait. Out of fairness, I was at that game against Union, and I saw what was happening in the stands, and it took – basically a 35-35 score for those fans to finally get out of their seats and make noise. I was And we commented about it on the air. It was really surreal, that game, in a number of ways, not just the missed field goals and everything, but the crowd. You would think back and forth against one of your arch rivals like that. It would draw its own excitement into the crowd. No, there's a certain expectation that's going on there. And that St. Lawrence game, only 16-10, to the loss to Union, they were on a bad streak. I think Merchant Marine Academy showed some possibilities of coming out of their doldrums in terms of that fallout still from the Susquehanna game. I honestly think I'm going to make the uh, – this is probably my biggest out on the limb prediction this season. I think Merchant Marine beats Hobart. It's going to be close. I think Hobart goes down early and has to come back late, but I don't think they have enough time to do it in that game. You've Merchant Marine Academy turned their season around finally. I said it last week, but you know what? I'm going to say it again this week. I think they do it. It's close. It's going to be a shootout of sorts, but Merchant Marine will hold on with being able to milk the clock at the end of the game.
2: I'd like, like to say that I thought Coach Toop was great. I thought J.J. Uh, Watson was great, but I'd like to apologize for my co-host's soft spot because I don't think he's, he's – Giving enough credence to Hobart's ticked offness, to use your word. <laughs> but hey, but this, is the, we do it. This, this is why we I'm do there. it. This is fun. This is this is. We'll see what happens. I mean, no, no. I respect you. I mean, I think that's a good you. You being honest and 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 going with your you know your objectivity. So hey, we'll we'll see. I mean, hey, I think it'd be a great story if 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 Merchant Marine wins against Hobart. I just don't think at this state of the season they have the horses. Trust me, if I'm just speaking as an RPI fan only, hell, you, you, bet, you bet your butt I'm rooting for, for King's Point because, you know, RPI's still got to play Hobart, right? So anyone in Troy is clearly
1: pulling for, for Merchant Marine this game. Yeah, I mean, if Hobart loses another game, uh, then WPI is the only team remaining at one loss, and technically RPI has a tiebreaker over them. So if Hobart loses... RPI would have to lose twice, period, to be knocked out. It doesn't matter against who. It would be like uh, LSU
2: losing, like, two games and winning their conference. That's You know, that's yeah, a well, long road trip for Hobart. That's got to be one of the longer, besides, you, you take the you take the Susquehanna equation out, that's got to be one of the longer road trips in the league, right? Uh, Susquehanna may be
1: closer because Hobart could go straight down one, can't they?
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a trip. I mean, people can't underestimate what those trips do to you. Um, so let I me have, look at... Uh, well, Frank, let me let me take it a different direction. While I only got a few Go minutes, what on. has to happen in the next couple of weeks? Absolutely must or must not happen to ensure two teams from the Liberty League in the postseason. NCA. I actually I actually was going to head
1: in this direction, so we were on the same uh, wavelength. Okay, what has to happen? Well, there's a couple, there's two different scenarios to allow two teams from the Liberty League to get in, and that is either it's going to be RPI. And WPI or RPI in Hobart, pretty much. It's a very unlikely scenario whereby it's not RPI and two other teams get in because of the way the she- this uh, season has to shake out. Okay, uh, so you started to answer that the way I, I want to make sure I asked it the right way. So basically a two-playoff scenario, for the most part, has to include an RPI team. About 90% up. to 95%, yeah. I mean, yes, is it possible... Well, actually, no, it's not because WPI and Hobart have to play each other. So unless there's a doomsday scenario whereby a lot of one- and two-loss teams that are vying for pool C-bids kind of, you know, fall off uh, over the next few weeks, uh, RPI has to be involved in, in this equation to get two teams in for the uh, Liberty League, much like Ithaca for the Empire 8 pretty much has to stay on top right now.
2: Okay, so let me go at this question to you this way. We're talking to Frank Rossi, um, now who is the
1: playoff analyst.
2: He puts that hat on for if you folks have never gone on to the chat rooms in D3Football.com, you go to the post Parents into Liberty League, starting about this time of season. Frank starts his very involved and elegant and well-thought-out postseason what-ifs, folks, so they're a pleasure to read. I think you should check them out. So he's doing that role. Elegant?
0: elegant.
2: Here's, a here's a question. Let me ask you this way. Okay, I'm going to run down a list of teams. Can, and you tell me yes or no, and then we'll circle back. And I'm going to ask you if they can win the Liberty League.
1: You're going okay. to reverse order, I mean. St. Lawrence, obviously, probably not. You know, too, uh, mathematically, yes. Realistically, no. Merchant Marine? Mathematically, yes. Uh, again, but no. So, okay, so let me rephrase it then,
2: because obviously mathematically everyone still has a shot. Realistically, let's put it that
1: way. Uh, Rochester No and no No and no. Okay uh, St. Lawrence and Merchant Marine, No If we're going realistic Rochester Is a uh, Maybe But probably Not seeing now uh, That their losses Are starting to mount up Against teams above them uh, So uh, you, Let's look at I, What subsequent Well a um, loss Weekend at WPI All
2: but basically Puts them out of contention
1: Yes Yeah absolutely Okay
2: Now, here's the tricky one, because early season losses had a lot of folks
1: pushing the panic button. Union. Still alive. Still alive, but what has to happen is a lot of help. And I I kind of alluded to some of the help uh, they need when we talked to Coach 2. Here's what needs to happen. RPI and Hobart play each other. One of those teams loses. Either Hobart moves to two losses or RPI moves to one loss. Okay? Simple enough. Hobart and WPI play each other. Hobart, if Hobart beats WPI, WPI has two losses. Well, if RPI loses to Union and loses one other game, then you have a sea of teams with two losses, and Union actually does pretty well against those teams because the chances that both WPI and Rochester will be at two losses is not actually possible. So Union in a three- to four-way tiebreaker actually fares very well in two losses if it ever got down to that point. They have one of the best chances of two losses out of these teams. So, and obviously
2: we're going to, I think we're about one more, maybe two more weeks in to where it becomes a lot clearer. I mean, it's, it's really hazy and fuzzy right now to try and do this. Even RPI with a two-game lead has some of their toughest games ahead of them still in Hobart and Union. You know, they've got to go out to Merchant Marines. So, you know, we're, we're, we're throwing darts right now. But let me ask you something, and this doesn't get either of us in trouble because we have no affiliation. Of the two one-loss schools, Hobart and WPI, and I'm just asking this your opinion. Maybe we'll make it fun a little bit and give some folks some billboard material. Which of those two teams do
1: you feel better about in terms of postseason at this stage of the game? It's tough, Eric. I mean, which team do I think has a better chance to advance in postseason play? Probably Hobart just based on experience. But – what team do I think has a better chance of getting there right now? That, that was my question. WPI, honestly, because if they beat Hobart especially, uh, you know what? They are 5-1 and one right now. They have four games left, and they're not against exactly the stalwarts of the league, except
2: for so what one What happens in
1: scenario where WPI beats Hobart, and if, say, Hobart beats RPI? Uh, well, then RPI and WPI both sit at one loss and RPI wins the tiebreaker because they beat WPI okay. head-to-head earlier in the season. Right. Okay, yep. But if WPI stays at one loss and RPI stays at one loss, currently I think WPI goes. Uh, I just don't see how it doesn't happen uh, right now. There's one There's one little asterisk I'm going to throw into you. You ever hear of this team called Huston uh, that uh, Adam Samaroff was starting to uh, talk about earlier? I've heard of Huston. They're an independent team. Well, they're 5 and 2, but if you look at their record, the two losses were against 1AA schools. Those losses don't count. That team could go 7 and 0. And the question becomes, what do you do with them? Their strength of schedule is terrible. I mean, it's going to get worse, too. It's going to fall below 400 for their opponents' winning percentage, which is terrible. But, they're going to be 7 and 0 possibly.
2: Yep. Well, Have they I'll tell not you what. earned a bit. I'll tell you what. 9:18 Eastern Standard Time. It's been a light week. We've had some great guests. Do you have a Red Sox
1: score? 1-0. Red Sox top the fourth inning, uh, two outs, and uh, the Red Sox look like they're having a little trouble putting any more runs up. I think Droid had a home run to uh, give them the one run earlier, but John Lester, I think, may still have a no hitter going into the fourth inning here.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, Frank. I think folks have other things they want to do tonight. It's winding down. We've had a light week, but we've had great guests. Extended bonus coverage, as always. I think what what's going to happen is things are going to sort themselves out, But we're going to see uh playoff scenario unfold. So with that, I think we should send folks on our way. What do you think?
1: I think we're going to be saying goodnight to this loud music again. Goodnight I there. turned
2: it down this time, but i tell you what. I'll wrap it up <laughs> real quick. We'd like to thank Adam Samarov from around the league football.com for joining us great thanks to Aaron Savasi star wide receiver for RPI it had a great game in the win against Susquehanna special thanks to coach Mike Toop from Merchant Marine thanks to Frank Rossi for putting together around the league for in the huddle and also for his dazzling playoff scenario pic- picture there it's going to get even better as the season progresses in the last nine of
1: weeks I'm, no I'm not, not old I'm not old you're not old but you know what Frank you gotta get in the weight room so uh folks. Hey, thanks so much and take care. We'll see you next week in the huddle. Bye-bye!